Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tuned into the Smoking Section Podcast. I am your host. Your man JT live right here on the hottest show on the net. Man, I'm so glad to be with you on this Tuesday. I told y'all that we were going to be launching on Tuesday, so we back here again. Y'all know we go every Tuesday and Thursdays on our podcast. And on today's show, I'm talking The Last Stand. MJ, y'all saw it. Man, that was a heck of a show. Um, that was on ESPN. Part 1 and 2 aired on Sunday, this past Sunday. And um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And I'm, I'm really shooting this at the critics. And uh, I'm going to read off something that I read on one of the social media sites in regards to uh, Michael Jordan and, and some of the things that were said. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting um, how people try to shoot MJ down. But we talking Michael Jordan. Also, the NFL draft is coming up this weekend. So if you get a chance, go to our Facebook uh, group page, The Smoking Section Podcast. On Thursday, we're going to be doing live commentary. So we're going to be talking about the NFL draft. Um, we have special guests up. And so we'll be going live uh, on our page. So make sure you check us out this Thursday coming up. Also, you can check us out on Instagram, The Underscore Smoking Section um, on IG. So that's The Underscore Smoking Section uh, Podcast on Instagram. And, um, of course, our Facebook page, The Smoking Section Podcast. I'm happy to be with you again today. Man, I want to talk about The Last Stand. It was going down, and uh, it, it was it was a great uh, piece, man. It brought back a lot of memories to me. I was a, I was a teenager during that time, so seeing some of the old uh, footage of Michael Jordan when he was drafted to the Chicago Bulls and, and his impact, you know, the impact he made as a rookie. Uh, but even going back... To, to when he played in North Carolina. I mean, I remember watching that Georgetown versus uh, a North Carolina National Championship game and Michael Jordan hitting the championship, uh, the game-winning shot. And, and I remember thinking to myself back then, I'm like, man, this dude, I mean, he was a freshman. And I remember them talking about him being a freshman. I'm like, he's pretty good for a freshman. And so, you know, because James Worthy was out there and James Worthy was doing business. I mean, James Worthy was the truth. No questions asked. But Michael Jordan hit that uh, game winning shot. You had Jimmy Black, who was playing point guard. So I, I remember that Carolina team um, under Dean Smith. And it was a really, really good basketball team. And so MJ went into the NBA, of course. And he really pretty much dominated with the Chicago Bulls. And I remember, and, and I'm a Chicago native, I remember going to Bulls games back then. And I'm going to tell you, I remember being able to look across the stands and talk to somebody else on the other side. I mean, like I could really scream out and you could speak to somebody that's on the other side of the field of, of the court of the uh, basketball court. It'd be like, hey, what's going on? What's happening? And you could hit wave at them. And so it was crazy to, to see how times have changed uh, with the Chicago Bulls and the impact that Michael Jordan had uh, 
on the city of Chicago and on the NBA because after that, the Bulls, the stadium started to get filled up. And, and I remember, I remember going to a Chicago Bulls game when they had Ricky Sobers, uh, Quentin Daly, I think Orlando Woolrich was on the team. I want to say Artis Gilmore, Dave Corzine, any one of those combinations of big men. And I remember watching them uh, play against the Knicks in the playoffs. And it was crazy, the atmosphere. And this was pre-Jordan. So I can only imagine how that stadium was after that because I never got a chance to go see Jordan play in person um, after watching those Bulls during that time. So uh, see that documentary. I thought ESPN did an excellent job with that. I thought that it was it was well done. And, of course, you have your critics. And, and I read something earlier, and I'm going to get to that in just one second. But I just want to read off uh, – Michael Jordan's uh, stats. And so to, to, to just be, just to be, I mean, just just talk about his career and, and what he's done in the NBA. So let me, let me just run down Michael Jordan's uh, stats real quick. And, and anybody, you can always go to Google and find this out. But I, I want to I read through this. Okay, six-time NBA champion, undefeated in championship games, okay? Six NBA final MVPs. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Five MV, five NBA most viable players, five MVPs, 14-time NBA All-Star, three-time NBA All-Star MVP, 10 times NBA first team, all-NBA second team, 1985, NBA defensive player of the year, 1988, nine times named to the defensive first team NBA. Hmm, ridiculous. Rookie of the year, of course, all-NBA rookie team, 10-time scoring champion. That's huge. 10-time scoring champion? Come on, man. That's a whole lot. Three times NBA steal leader, so that you know he played defense. Uh, slam dunk champion two times. Can't get LeBron to do that at all. Um, of course, his number was retired by the Miami Heat. <laughs> he retired by the Chicago Bulls without question. Uh, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 1991. NBA's 50-all-team uh, anniversary all all-team players of all time. Uh, of course, NCAA champion, and, and the rest is history with that. 32,000 points, 6,672 rebounds, 5,633 assists. Basketball Hall of Famer, FIBA Hall of Famer, Olympian. I mean, come on. Michael Jordan is, is, is just hands down the best player um, that I ever saw play the game of basketball and of course I mean you know let's let's just keep it real Michael Jordan spent some time um he spent two years away from the game talking about the time in which he retired from the Chicago Bulls I think it was the 93-94 season and and part of 94-95 when he came back and you know the Houston Rockets of course won I'm doing that time and then you're talking about if you watch that documentary you saw uh how it played out you saw the relationships that the Chicago Bulls and their players had with Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf. And as I watched that documentary, I mean, I, I was really kind of taken off by Jerry Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf because he pretty much passed the buck to Jerry Krause. I mean, he just did. And I, you know, Jerry Krause is not here. God rest his soul. He, he rest in peace. But I mean... The fact that he he passed the buck on him and gave him all the responsibility and said the buck stopped with him, that's ridiculous. You're the owner of the team, man. You make the final decisions. You sign off on the contracts. 
So whatever happened with Michael Jordan and, and, and you saw where they broke up the dynasty and they told Phil Jackson that no matter what, whether you win or not, you can win. You can go 82 and 0, but you still we breaking this team up. What kind of foolishness was that? That was crazy. You mean to tell me that a team could go 82 and 0 and win a championship? You got to break that team up because you want to rebuild. That's ridiculous. That's one of the stupidest sports things I've ever heard of. And for Jerry Reinsdorf to say that was the dumbest move. And I don't care how rich he is, how successful he is as an owner. But that was one of the dumbest mistakes that I've ever seen anybody make. Period. Point blank. You let them lose the title. You let them go out. You let age or injuries. You let that make the decision. Not you. Because you caught up on personal egos. I mean, Jerry Krause, what, what was his purpose? No, don't get me wrong. Jerry Krause helped put the team together. He did. But he did have Michael Jordan there. And Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. And then he had Scottie Pippen, who was also an NBA great. Tremendous ball player. Tremendous. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say Scottie's contract was messed up. I mean, Scottie did what he did for his you know, family. But you signed a contract, and some guys are gonna gonna be real particular about that. When once you sign a contract, they're not gonna let you get out of it. So Scotty just got kind of caught up between the rock and a hard place. It's understood he outplayed his contract. If the owner told him it was a bad contract, then why would you present that to him? Because you had to be in the room. I'm assuming Jerry Reinsdorf had to be in the room when these decisions were being made, and you told. Uh, a Scottie Pippen that that was a bad contract. I can see if Michael Jordan was telling him it was a bad contract. And that's a different story. But you're the owner. You shouldn't even offer him that contract in the first place. And who was Scottie Pippen's agent? Because whoever they were to tell him to do that was just crazy. Because Scottie ended up being, well, he's one of the 50 greatest players of all time. He's on that list. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just, it just amazes me. Um, that the, the, the level of incompetency on the ownership of the part of Chicago Bulls. And if, you, if, you, if you're Bulls fans or NBA fan, you can see that the Bulls haven't done anything since that time. Nothing at all. They had two, maybe three good seasons with Derrick Rose at the helm. But the rest have been a debacle for almost 20, 20 years. Over 20 years, the Bulls have just not been back to prominence. And this is a major NBA city. So there's no way franchises like the New York Knicks, Chicago Bulls and the L.A. Lakers, if they're not winning, it's bad for the NBA. It is. People can say what they want. Oh, you know, major city. No, because those uh, numbers represent television audience and people who are watching. I can tell you right now, I have not watched while we had the season going on. Uh, until we stopped with the COVID uh, nineteen, we were you know, everything was put on post was postponed because of it. I have not watched a single Chicago Bulls game this year. Period. It, they just do not interest me at all. And so, if I'm a television audience viewing audience, I'm pretty sure there's other people out there that's the same way. They just don't want to see the Chicago Bulls because they're terrible. But you had an owner and an ownership group that allowed a dynasty. Destroy the dynasty. Who does that? Destroys their own dynasty. You made a lot of money. You're still making money off the Bulls, and you were going to continue to make even more. But Michael Jordan, his work ethic, and and and, and I, I wanted to, when I, I coined this podcast, and, and I coined it, Michael Jordan is the GOAT, 
And there is there isn't really it's not even a question. It's not even a question, man. For real. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. I'm gonna read that little that little piece that I got from Open Court, which is an NBA show that comes on uh NBA television. I'm gonna read that quote off, but well, a little commentary, I should say, not a quote. And I, I thought it was ridiculous. And I, people were commenting on it on, on my Facebook group. And I wanted to kind of um, give some commentary on it and just kind of talk about it uh, briefly. Because sometimes people get get a little sidetracked uh, on things. But going back to the last uh, last stand, I, I watched it. It brought back a lot of memories to see Michael Jordan playing and to see some of the things. I mean... When you're getting endorsed by Larry Bird, when you're getting endorsed by Magic Johnson, these guys helped bring the NBA back. See, it was a great transition. I can remember watching the NBA early years. NBA was, it, it was sad. It was sad. It was okay. I mean, you had the greats like Wilt and all them and, you know, Jerry West and those guys. But at one point, man, it was like, to me, watching the NBA was like watching paint dry. You know, tape delayed games. I remember, you know, if you didn't want to know the score, you better turn the news off because you was watching games that came on after the news. You know, games that was in L.A. going on. It was just kind of it was it was whack. It was whack. So, you know, finally, when Larry Bird, I remember when Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and those guys were playing in the NCAA tournament. I think that was back in like 79 or something like that. And they played in the NCAA tournament. And those guys. If you watched Magic back then at Michigan State, you knew he was going to be a beast. You knew hands down he was going to be a beast. And then Larry Bird, you know, the great white hope, Larry Bird was doing his thing with his jumper. You know, Larry talked a lot of trash. Larry could take it to you. And so I couldn't wait until they got into the NBA. And Magic won in his first year when Kareem went down. Magic was doing Scott Hooks in the NBA championship versus the Sixers. You know, that was a great time. That was a great time. Larry Bird, I think he was rookie of the year. I mean, so it was, it, it was a, that generation bought the NBA to, it, it saved the NBA because you had that Lakers and Celtic rivalry that was ongoing, that was just tremendous. Then you had this kid out of North Carolina, Michael Jordan. When MJ got drafted, oh man, <laughs> that just changed everything around. And so you saw the playoff game, I think that was what, 86? 86 playoffs, 85, 86 playoffs, when you saw Mike drop, what, 49 in the first game, 67, and they still lost. I'm going to show you how bad the Bulls were, how great the, the Celtics were, because Celtics had about five, six Hall of Famers on their bench, on their team. They had a gang of Hall of Famers. So, you know, when you watch the documentary and, and you see how it progresses and, and you see the greatness of Michael Jordan, his work ethic, uh, his fam- what his family instilled in him as a child, um, when you look at those things from that perspective, um, it's a it's a it's a very um, it's a very interesting view on how things work um, when you when you get a guy. And, and just think, too, it was funny because Jerry Krause didn't draft Michael Jordan. So, you know, Michael Jordan, his affinity probably was a little bit elsewhere, <laughs> but it wasn't to it wasn't to Jerry Krause as the general manager. But hey, this is your man JT Live right here on the Smoking Section Podcast. You can hear us every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, wherever you get your podcast, we're on Blog Talk Radio, we're on Ellipson, 
Lipson.com, where, of course, you can download on Apple, iTunes. You can also get the Smoking Section podcast on Stitcher. And you can also get it on uh, Google uh, Music Play or Google uh, Podcast. So we're on all different formats wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you get in and check out our episodes. We have a lot of episodes. We podcast. <laughs> right now, we probably got over 400, close to 400 podcasts. I know some of them, some of our past podcasts didn't, didn't upload onto Apple iTunes, but hopefully uh, some of our uh, uh, more recent uh, podcasts will, will tune in. And uh, shout out to my man, Bob Jersey, man. He uh, gave me a call, hit me up on LinkedIn. You can also, well, that's my personal page on LinkedIn, but uh, Bob Jersey gave me a gave me a uh, call and we actually talked about the podcast. So, man, I appreciate you, Bob, for listening in and downloading the podcast. So if you get an opportunity, everybody, um, make sure you uh, get in and uh, download some of our past episodes and check us out. So I want to get into this um to this this piece that I read on Facebook, it came into one of my sports groups on space on Facebook. Tongue tongue tied today, but um, it comes from Open Court, and so it didn't give an author. It just said it comes from Open Court, and I, I, you know you, they could easily sign their name. But it says here, listen up. I think we can all agree that the Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan documentary is nothing short of outstanding. However, the downside to such a beautifully made series that it continues to dilute the general public about certain things. Since the documentary aired, I have seen people say some outrageous mistruths. Most common is is the most common one is Michael Jordan would have averaged 50 points a game if he played in this era. This is where people just need to stop and calm down because you're taking it too far. Yet Jordan would be incredible in any era, just as any of the top five players of all time would be. But please, let's keep things in perspective. MJ would absolutely not average 40 points a game, let alone 50 in today's game. For one, defenses are infinitely better than they were. Schemes are more advanced, team concepts have evolved, and a lot of teams would take the ball out of Jordan's hands a hell of a lot, which the rules did not ally for the majority of his career. Secondly, athletes are scientifically greater than they were back then. Read that again. Scientifically greater than back then. Jay was frightfully sight, was a frightful sight as a 6'6 guard in today's game. That's common practice. Thirdly, Jordan was below average three-pointer for his career. As all of you know, today's game is predicated on the long ball. Before all you say, but he will work on his three-point shot. That doesn't qualify because you are talking about Michael Jordan. You see this documentary? As he is, you can't add attributes to this game. You are talking about dropping the MJ you are watching on that screen without getting into too much detail about other reasons. These are three obvious facts that would make this misconception. Please keep in mind that no one is saying Jordan wouldn't dominate this area. He absolutely would. But let's keep things in perspective for the sake of basketball. And if you want to know if Jordan would really average 40 to 50 points a game in today's NBA, he already tried. His name is Kobe, and he was arguably the greatest natural scorer of all time we had in the three ball. He even, he and he couldn't even average that. Continue to enjoy this great series, but don't let the cloud judge your overall judgment 
Now, some of the writing was a little choppy, so excuse some of the thumbnail of the work because it was a little out of place. But let me just say this. Michael Jordan was no Kobe. Let's put Kobe Bryant was no Michael Jordan. And we're talking about a Michael Jordan that pretty much scored over 30 points with his mid-range game. So he didn't even need the three-point shot. He didn't need it. Michael Jordan scored 30 a mid-range game. Let me repeat that three times. Michael Jordan scored 30 points a game with a mid-range game, period, point blank. Kobe was a great athlete, but Jordan was a greater athlete, period, point blank. See, because I've seen the eye test. I've seen of them play. So I know that Jordan was better than Kobe. I know that Jordan was a better athlete than Kobe. Jordan's mentality and the reason why he respected Kobe was the same. Because Kobe had a killer mentality. That's why he's the closest thing to Jordan. The closest, but not close enough. Let me just go back to this a little bit. Now, defenses are infinitely better today with more schemes. What are you watching? The NBA, when you played in the NBA back in the day, you had to play man-to-man defense. Period, point blank. Man-to-man defense. No switching off. No doing this stuff you see LeBron and all these guys do. They switching off. You got LeBron switching off of Steph Curry. You got LeBron switching off Kawhi Leonard. You got LeBron. No. Michael Jordan said, I'm sticking this man. I'm taking him, period, point blank. What you going to do about it? See, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of this. So when you're talking about that, hand-checking was a part of the game. It was a part of defense back in the NBA. They created the Jordan rules. Remember Detroit Pistons where they knocked MJ all over the place? In today's game, the whole Piston team would have been thrown out. Technical fouls. They've been done. So what are you talking about? You know, there's this misconception that there were no athletes that played back then. Are you joking? You know all the NBA Hall of Famers? And I'm, you know, and I, it's funny because I heard guys say this. And I think about the Seattle Supersonics, especially the 97 team. 96, 97, whatever year that was. They went to the championship. They lost to the Bulls. 96, 97, I think it was. Um, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. See the athletes on that team? Have you guys ever seen uh, Sean Kemp play? Because if you saw Sean Kemp play today, you would think that Sean Kemp is LeBron James. Because Sean Kemp used to go airborne on that. And I have to constantly make those comparisons. Because Sean Kemp was a monster. If he was in today's game, they would be calling him the GOAT. So these are some of the things that I'm, I'm talking about. So when I read this, so let me let me go back to this a little bit. Because I, I, was, I was reading this. Um... Three-pointer. That wasn't... Okay, so Steph Curry, Michael Jordan would have, you know, if he would have had a three, he wouldn't even have to rely on a three-point shot because he was so good. He was so great of an athlete. He didn't need a three-point shot. He was so great of a basketball player. He didn't need a three-point shot. He would have done what he needed to do without that. But if he added that, it would have just even been more ridiculous. So you add on his three-pointer to what he could always do. He if he averaged 30 points a game, if he took what five more three more shots from the three, which Jordan would have mastered that, come on man. Let's be real. Y'all done lost y'all doggone scruples talking about Michael Jordan. He'd have been infinitely better in this game today. Six six just because you got six six guys today, you had six six guys back then. He just wasn't playing against smaller guys. What are you talking about? Y'all act like the NBA first of all they didn't even think that he was going to be able to make it 
When he was sick, that's why that's why he slipped in the draft because they thought he was too small. They drafted Akeem Olajuwon, which was the center, and they drafted uh, Sam Bowie to Portland. Michael Jordan went third to the Bulls. So guess what? He would have got drafted higher if he was taller. So being short back then was a knock on you. So what are you talking about in today's game? Average guys are 6'6". Six, six. There were guys 6'6 six, six back then. There were guys who could play defense back then. The only thing that guys have today that guys didn't have back in, back in those days is that they do basketball 24-7. They do it 24-7. So that's all they do now is they play basketball and they train. So, hello, fast forward. Put Michael Jordan, the great athlete that he is already, put him in this day. Oh, hello? He would be even better. He would have all the scientific... The, 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 all the science and the sports science, he would have that to his advantage. I remember arguing with a guy about Jesse Owens. Guy told me Jesse Owens, Jesse Owens wouldn't be able to run with these guys run today. He wouldn't be able to beat the Carl Lewis's and this, that, the other. I said, are you, are you joking? Jesse Owens was running on gravel. If Jesse Owens was running on the tracks that they have today, if Jesse Owens had the training and the exercise and the sports science that they have today, he would be infinitely faster than everybody and nobody, Usain Bolt, I don't care who it is, wouldn't be able to catch or touch Jesse Owens. I said it. So here's the thing, and this is what I think. A lot of these posts that people write, it's borderline Jordan hate. It's more so to elevate LeBron James. And, and I talked about this a, a few weeks back on, on one of the podcasts. Leave, leave LeBron James out of this. You guys hurt LeBron James. You hurt LeBron James when you compare him to Michael Jordan. Because he is not Michael Jordan. Not at all. Michael Jordan won six NBA titles. He's 6-0 and in the championship. I'm not talking about going to on the way to... All that kind of stuff. I'm talking about when he got to the big game, he won it. He's undefeated. I don't care about LeBron James going to the champ. He's been to seven straight finals. Okay. Hello. Did you win? How many did he win? Now, I'm not taking anything away from LeBron because when you win a championship, that's a tough thing to do. He's won three. So I wish LeBron fans would just be happy with that. He's won three titles. It's like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning to me would never be Tom Brady. Although I think he's a great quarterback, he would never be Tom Brady. Tom Brady has tons of rings. He won't be. And I won't even compare him because I think, personally, I think Joe Montana's the greatest. I'm just saying, I'm comparing those two. They, he will never, ever be close to uh, Tom Brady. It's the same thing with LeBron James. He's a good player. He won, He's not MJ. He's done some great things. Well, he's been in the league since he left high school. Michael Jordan spent three years of college. This man left high school, so he has three years on Michael Jordan. So, of course, he should be the scoring champion. Why wouldn't he be? He scored enough. He's been in the league long enough. Jordan played, what, 13 years or so? I mean, come on, man. Y'all, the, the, sometimes, some of the stuff that people say and, and it's, it's some of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, for real. Some of the, some of the most ridiculous things. I mean, people just put out anything. And... And I, I don't want to slight or, or take, take anything away from LeBron James because LeBron James is an excellent basketball player. He deserves to be on Roth, uh, Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore. But there are other guys there too. 
like Magic Johnson, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like Bill Russell. And I, will, I won't just leapfrog LeBron over those greats just because he's, he's, he's the social media era uh, goat. That's what I call it for some. But Michael Jordan greatness, and, and let me just go off the court because the Jordan legacy lives. Michael Jordan owns the basketball, uh, the, the Charlotte Hornets. That ain't the best team. And Jordan may not, he may be the ungoat of of getting people, you know, to, to join his organization because he hasn't done anything there. Charlotte, I don't know if he's just keeping the team just to have it. He's a billionaire that keeps him that status. But to say that, the uh, jump man, Jordan Brand, I mean, come on, man. He's done hell of a with that. I think in 2018, they said that Jordan Brand posted his first and for the first quarter of the year of 2018, $1 billion for the first quarter. For those who don't know, the first quarter is the first four months of the year. First quarter, $1 billion. The entire year, I think it was like $3 billion for this Jumpman product. That in itself alone keeps Jordan, <laughs> it keeps him at GOAT level status. He changed the way... Shoes are looked at in America forever. He catapulted Nike all the way to the top. It's funny because, you know, in high school, I remember playing football in high school and we bought Nikes. But I, I remember just really recognizing Nike from the movie The Terminator. And I don't know if you all remember the scene where, where the guy John Connor had had went in and... Um, yeah, well, John Carter's father, as it turned out to be, had went into the store, I guess it was a gun store or whatever, and he put on some shoes, and they were Nike shoes, and he tied those up. I remember saying to myself, man, those shoes are cold right there. Um, it wasn't until Michael Jordan put on those Nikes, I started to pay attention. And all those different colors of Jordan brand shoes, when they came out, I was like, man, this is crazy. And I bought Nike shoes ever since then. For football shoes, you name it, I was all in Nike products because of Michael Jordan. Nike shirts, Nike wasn't doing well until until that piece, the NBA helped catapult that to the next level. It wasn't. I don't care what anybody said. You can go any place around the world. We can walk into the mall. I guarantee you probably uh, 85 to 90% of the people that's walking around with gym shoes, tennis shoes, sneakers, whatever you call them, they're Nike. It's what it is. They either Jordan brand, they're Nike shoes, whatever. And, and and I mean, so Jordan has cornered that market. And he's been he's done well as an entrepreneur. And a lot of people put a lot of knock on him and say, oh, he doesn't do anything socially. Maybe he just doesn't talk about it. Maybe he doesn't do that. So what? He doesn't talk about what he does socially. Not everybody wants to toot their horn on what they do. So stay out of people's business and worry about your own. But I'll say this. Michael Jordan was is the absolute GOAT. Michael Jordan's a GOAT, and it really ain't even a question about it. Until somebody else comes along, and they, they change that. So if, you know, I mean, if, uh, you know, you get somebody like, I don't know, if Zion Wilson kid, I doubt it. It doesn't really seem like the type that would, you know, find GOAT status. I just don't see it. But, you know, who knows? Who knows who that kid is? The John Morant kid that's out now. Who knows? So, hey, listen, this is your man JT Live right here on the Smoking Section Podcast. And, uh, of course, we can be heard every Tuesday and Thursday right here 
um, on the uh, Lipson Network, on Blog Talk Radio. You can like our pages, follow, subscribe to our pages. Um, you can also download our, our podcast on all platforms where you can find podcasts. That's the Smoking Section Podcast. Remember, people, the T H E Smoking Section Podcast. You can also follow our Facebook page, the Smoking Section Podcast. And you could also uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, the underscore smoking section podcast and on that page i basically just you know i smoke i partake in the uh in the, in the uh the smoking piece so you know make sure you you like our uh page if you're into the smoking because we do talk about smoking uh i think on thursday well this thursday we'll be doing an nfl draft show so that draft show will be um at 7 p.m central standard time and will be on our the, the smoking section podcast page so you can tune in there and you can um get our updates and and what we have special guests we have people in there talking about the nfl draft that's coming up everything's done virtually now so a lot of things are different so um i hope that um you enjoy yourself i want to get to the nfl really quick before i get out of here for those who don't know me um and i'll just give a brief I played college football, and I, and I played my college football at Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I played under Bruce Arians, and Bruce, who is now the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he just pulled a big coup in signing Tom Brady. Now, it looks like Bob Gronkowski is going to be joining Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay. I'm telling you, shout out to Bruce, congrats. Because I think this will be an opportunity for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get into the Super Bowl. I just see it. You know, they already have a decent, they have decent weapons on the offensive side of the board already. You got Tom Brady. You know he ain't going to go 30 for 30, 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns. That's not going to happen. Um, they have some pretty good receivers, Mike Evans and that whole crew. And they had a decent tight end already. So now you add Gronk to that mix. It's going to be ridiculous in Tampa Bay. It's going to be ridiculous. Bruce likes to air that ball out. So Tom's going to be putting it up. He's going to be putting it up. And if they can get a running game, Ty Bowles, who's another Temple guy, runs the defense. Ty can get that thing rolling on defense. I see another championship in Tampa Bay's uh, future, like next year. I see them back in the Super Bowl. That's that's valid. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this all shakes out, man. Tom Brady has really, I guess he want to win. He want to show he can win without Belichick. I don't blame him. I mean, you know, Bill Belichick, man, I can't knock Bill Belichick. He's successful, but we'll see how he does without Tom Brady. We'll see how he does without Tom Brady as well. So it should be an interesting uh, football season. If we have it, <laughs> I know the COVID-19 going on, man, it's, it's so many different changes in, in how people have to dust and what we will put back. And and I would say to people, you know, I, see, I know all these people are protesting. I know people are ready to get back to work. People, please, please take your time with this. You don't know what this thing is all about. The virus could very well die. We'll never see it again. It could very well, that could very well happen. From now on, let's take patience. The economy, it will get back. Man, we off a couple of months. Everybody's going crazy. Chill. Y'all ready to get back to the rat race? Already? I'm just saying, man. You know, it, it, something's common sense. I say this all the time. Common sense ain't so common. Somebody tell me there's a deadly virus that is airborne. I think I'm going to chill out. I'm going to put a mask on. I'm going to wash my hands. Guys, 
Wash your goddamn hands. I, I got to say it like that. Sorry. I'm seeing so many guys come out of bathrooms. You don't wash your hands. Man, wash your hands. Dang. How hard is that? So, <laughs> you know, I just have to, to put it out there like that. Um, but um, I, be safe, everybody. Social distance. Follow the CDC guidelines or follow your doctor, whatever your doctor's telling you to do. Um, if you have COVID-19, we're praying for you, praying that you get safe and get better. You stay safe and you get better. And, um, you know, we're going to be back to normal. After a while, we'll be back. But I'm your host, your man, JT Lab, right here. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the show. Make sure you download our podcast, subscribe to our podcast, share our podcast with your friends. And, um, man, nothing but love for you. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.